Welcome to OBS Orbit, the podcast for Open vSwitch users and developers. This is episode 37. This is the sixth and final episode recorded from talks at the Open Source Day for Open vSwitch, which was held at the OpenStack Summit in Boston on May 10th. This particular talk was presented by Jun Xiao. Jun is the founder and CTO of CloudNet Engine, which focuses on building a next-generation engine for cloud virtual networking. The design and performance of this engine is the focus of his talk. On to the talk. Okay, and uh, I think uh, today's session uh, covered a lot of uh, open OBS uh, stuff, and Nick uh, Han just talked something about the control, control plan performance. And uh, now, in this session, I'm going to talk something about the OBS database performance. So, you guys probably think uh, right now, we have two outstanding databases for OS, right? And it's, uh, the first one is a native kernel database, and another one is OS DBDK. Uh, probably you, you know there are some pros and cons, and so here we, we have our own uh, a new approach. So I'm from Cloud Engine, and we are focusing on some networking uh, database stuff. So. So here is the agenda. First, uh, I'm going to have a quick uh, go through the virtual networking database involvement. And then I will have a uh, technical deep dive on the new approach. Then I will show a performance comparison, followed by a Q&A session if we have time. So here's a quick walkthrough of the database involvement. And I think the first uh, stage is well known. And we, we first have a VNIC emulation followed by pyro virtualization. And so in that case, we can have uh, offloading and um, also Fedconic hardware acceleration. So that's handled by OVS DBDK kernel database. Uh, very well, and then in next stage, we have when we when SDN is uh, in a stage, and uh, over the that means uh, uh, a bunch of tunnels is coming up, and uh, another thing is how could we really accelerate the workload in the tunnel case? So, but OVS current database just. Leveraging some some Linux kernel to do the uh, hardware acceleration, and the next stage, and uh, we we need a more powerful functionality. So we need a database to really support some more advanced actions. Let's say stateful actions, uh, for example, collection track, and. Um, the latest one probably be the uh, we need to support a very very high uh, packet rate processing. So in that case, OVAS current database is not good enough. So it has to have a new type of database. OVAS DBDK uh, is coming up. 
But um, so when we have OVAS DBDG database, but uh, you can see it have a capability to, to really process packet in a very high rate, but uh, there's some function just lost. Uh, let's see, hardware acceleration, offloading, those kind of things. And uh, another thing is, we we'll probably will talk in next slide. So, why we need a new approach to OBS data pass? As we can see, if we just stick with current data bus, for sure we cannot handle high number, high rate packet processing. If we stick with OVS DBDK, as we know, that is there's some well-known problems. And another one is CPU efficiency is not so good for both of the data bus. As we can see, uh, in, date, in, in, in performance comparison, there's a huge amount of space we can really improve. So, what we're thinking about is really a new approach to OS data pass. We, we need a uniform data pass to actually implement all of those features. So, that, that's probably our initial thing. And uh, then we, we will dive into the technical details. So the principle is pretty simple. Uh, first, we need data pass to be reliable, very uh, uh, reliable. So take an example of current OVS DBDK. The data pass is just uh, mixed with uh, we can treat the OVS with HD as a, some sort of control plane, right? And so it's a very com complex. So, but when we have those two running a single process, we, uh, we cannot really guarantee the database uh, reliability. So we need to some sort of separation of the data pass, just like the, the, the current data pass. And the second lesson is we need to have high performance for typical workloads. That means we need to support both the high bytes per second and also packet per second for traditional TCP workloads and for NFA type of workloads. And in terms of the performance, CPU efficiency is super critical, as we know. Here we talk about, uh, when we, in this talk, we, we, we talk virtual switch data pass. We primarily focus on the hypervisor virtual switch, that means serving virtual machines. We don't really talk about the, the virtual switch running on bare metal uh, physical switches. So, CPU efficiency, why it's super critical? Since in a single hypervisor, the CPU resource used to process packet has to be shared with a VM running on the same host. So when you, see, when you save a single cycle, CPU cycle, that can definitely be reused by, by other uh, virtual machines. So it's, 
it's pretty critical. And third thing will be ease of integration. Since let's see, we we have OVN on top of OVS and some other virtual networking solution on top of OVS. We need to have a um, integration story. And last, we have to have a story for the maintenance. So this those principle is pretty simple, but uh, kind of outstanding OVS database that doesn't really support those uh, principles. So here's the architecture. It's pretty simple. So from OVS, we switch this perspective. We just uh, do a very minor change. We just reuse DPF nailing. That means from OVS, we switch this point of view. The data, the new database is pretty much just like a kernel database. So it will just, uh, um, through letting a message to the database. The only thing we do is that uh, we're using a different netlink port, probably with some minor tweak to, to make this work. So, so from OVS VSUGD perspectives, just talk to, you just like to talk to kernel database, but uh, essentially we just make the destination netlink port to, to a well-known new, uh, to a well-known netlink port used by, by the new data pass. So that's the whole point. So in that case, the interface between OVS VSUGD and uh, the new data bus is still ODP APIs. That means OVS data bus API. So in terms of the DP creation, DP operation, flow operation, port operation, those kind of things exactly the same. The advantage of this separation is that we make the data pass independent of the virtual switch D. So in that case, we can have a bunch of things can do. So for instance, we can make the worker thread in this new data bus to have high priority. That means it will be scheduled by, by the host system, by the hypervisor system um, very quickly. This is super important when we have, when we want to have a hybrid, that means we want to have interoperable mode. So if we don't have high priority for worker thread, the scheduling guarantee will be, will be a problem in that case. So when we have this uh, decoupling, the new data bus essentially running as a separate uh, process, and each worker thread, that means polling thread, uh, will have a high priority. And uh, within, the, within the data pass, essentially just based on the DPDK, and underneath we have a very light uh, framework called NetChain. Uh, NetChain, they can hook new functionality very easily. So you can dynamically hook a function or destroy a particular function. 
And uh, in, the, in the middle, we can see we have a scheduler, uh, adaptive polling, memory management, timer management, a bunch of stuff, and uh, also over the QS offloading stuff. So that's uh, a high-level architecture of the new, new data pass. So uh, let, uh, let me summarize some, some practice when we're dealing with this new approach. So there are a number, number of things we need to really think about. So the first one, first one will be the packet uh, instance. Packet handle layout, it's significant. Uh, since DBDK already have a flight uh, buff instead of get together. But uh, as you know that um, uh, MBUF is not, good, is, not, is not good enough for application, especially for our data path, since we definitely need more metadata. Just like a D, right now in OVS, we have DP packet. DP packet is essentially a wrapper of MBUF and uh, with more additional information. So, but a different kind of metadata have different life cycle. So you need to really take care when you need to really reset those data. That's, that means we can avoid some unnecessary uh, reset. That means zeroing some data that can be avoided. Uh, the second thing would be improve the instruction per, per cycles. This is already achieved by DBDK framework since it's using vectorized uh, uh, processing, but it's not good enough. So we can see this, those technology can be taken further, especially when we're dealing with uh, vertical uh, in QDQ, we can make it much, much more efficient. Uh, the, th the third thing will be a receive queue processing node balancing. So right now in OVS DBDK database, we just have uh, static uh, assignment. So when, you, when there is a new receive queue com comes up in, in database, it will be statically by, by any policy, either run Robin or whatever. It will be assigned to a particular uh, process, but it's not good enough. We need to really take the workload, dynamic uh, workloads, and a dynamic migration, uh, busy uh, receive queue to another uh, idle thread, so to have a good balance. And uh, the, the first one, maybe if you're using OVSDBK, you are facing a problem that uh, it's just like a black box, right? When there is a connectivity problem, how can you really debug that? That's a nightmare. So the typical thing is we're just using, using TCP dump for a particular interface, right? And a, a TCP dump essentially install uh, inline filtering in the data pass and it can be can filter the packet uh, inline and uh, to avoid copying the unnecessary packet to, to the user space. 
So we are using the, the TCP dump to really dump each individual interface so that can make the packet monitoring very efficient. In terms of the CPU efficiency, there's there also a lot of work need to be done. So one well-known is that uh, the pure polling is really not suitable for shared environment, and let's see, hypervisor environment. So we need to have a hybrid polling plus receive, receive uh, interrupt to make it uh, much more efficient. That means when there is no single packet comes in, uh, it's just pay very little effort to, in terms of the CPU cycle. And the second will be, so our data paths need to support, uh, as I mentioned, need to typical case. One is uh, for uh, bytes per second throughput and another for packet per, per second uh, throughput. So we need to have a metadata for a group of uh, packet. And so that, that means we can skip a certain unnecessary net link so it can save a lot of cycle. So uh, as you may, you may know that uh, in a data bus, even we just uh, inspect uh, a particular field of a packet, that's going to make a lot of uh, throughput loss in, in a hybrid uh, workload. And there's a copy, there's a copy is, uh, is a, is not an easy one. So, you know, there's a bunch of paths, VM to VM and the VM to uplink and uplink to, to VM. So those kind of paths you need to really think about what's the life cycle of, of the uh, packet will be. And uh, the last thing will be, when we have overly and uh, a um, bunch of tunnel, you really need to think, think about it. The hardware might have the capability to handle this type of tunneling, and uh, also might enforce some limitation. Let's say it can only support um, 128 or those bytes of off offloading. So, so if the hardware cannot really support the offloading, you have to do in software, so you need to really have a full solution in, in, in that perspective. So a number of things. Uh, I think I'm probably very close to the time. And extensibility, I just mentioned that uh, we have a very light learning framework to plug in new functionality. And it's RCU-based, and so you can run time uh, insert or delete uh, any particular fun functionality. And let's see, QI, a bunch of, back to the slide of this one. So a bunch of uh, functionality based on that, let's see, there's leafering, off offloading, QI, secure group, and overlay, pretty much all of the functionality are based on the Netchin framework. Okay. Uh, performance comparison, you guys might be interested uh, in, in this part. And uh, all of the testing is just done in the same hardware configuration and the software configuration. And Xeon E5-2620 uh, V3 CPU is used. And uh, we're using A2599ES uh, from Intel, Tengi 
uh, and host uh, software based on Ubuntu 16.04. Okay, and uh, we have we select three candidates to do the comparison. One is native OS, OS 2.6, and uh, the kernel version is 4.4. And OS DBDK just using upstream 2.6 and uh, DBDK V 16.11, and uh, we're using seeing uh, virtual switch 1.0. So first case is NFA type of workloads. Uh, so as you can see that uh, just hairpin traffic, uh, the traffic generator is T-Rex, using bi-directional traffic. So that means that T-Rex will generate packet from both of the ports and receive the traffic from both of the ports. And each direction will have uh, 2,050 concurrent flows. And we set the uh, partial drop rate to 0.5%. So here's the result. As we can see, on a single work node, a single work thread, single um, virtual switch is almost uh, more than six uh, mega packs per second. And uh, uh, OVS DBDK around a little less than four megabytes per second. Megapacks per second, sorry. And uh, when we scale the, the thread to two work threads, we can see that saying uh, virtual switch is more than 11 megapacks uh, per second. And uh, OVS DBDK around the, uh, around seven megabytes per second. Um, this, uh, when we're scaling um, worker thread, uh, OVS typically might or might not to really, to, to really schedule the right receive queue on the right thread. So this it happens that it really schedule the two uh, busy receive queue on different uh, work, uh, worker threads. And the next one will be the VM to VM, inter VM traffic. And uh, we can see that uh, native, uh, for NF traffic, we didn't show up the current devices. It's well known that it can't really handle um, that much uh, high pack rate. And for, for inter VM traffic, as we can see, the native uh, OS, seeing uh, virtual switch actually a little better than. Um, uh, kernel database, but uh, in terms of the CPU usage, you can see that uh, it uh, less than half of the uh, what kernel database used used since in kernel database it use uh, one more copy, so the, when it comes in to to the V host uh, thread, it will do a copy and then the the V the receive side they will do another copy, so uh, so we can see we see quite a lot of CPU cycle here. For OVS DBDK, why is so so slow? Because uh, just the offloading stuff is that uh, really supported. So uh, so uh, you can see it's downgraded quite a lot. Here we, we test the delay. As we know that the round trip time is very 
important for, for applications. And uh, we can see that OVS typically essentially better as it, it's well understood since it's just pure pooling, build pooling. So, but um, for kernel data bus or OVS DBDK, oh, for saying is basically you have, have to use the uh, interrupt. So the interrupt will delay the, uh, the, the packet handling a little bit. But uh, you can see that seeing uh, uh, virtual switch actually probably 50% 50, uh, 50 better than, than the kernel uh, current uh, uh, data, uh, kernel data pass. Uh, the last one will be the uh, VX9 uh, cross-host uh, traffic, as we use uh, two pair of uh, VMs, VM, VM1 send, send uh, traffic to VM3 and the VM4 send packet to VM2. Here's the result, and uh, overall, we probably got more than nine gigabyte, uh, gig, gigabits per second. And uh, CPU efficiency, we can see that uh, we use less CPU in, that, in this case. And back to the TPS, run, run trip time, it's well uh, understood that uh, OVS typically would be better. And uh, in, in this case, we can see that saying uh, virtual switch is essentially better than, than native kernel data pass. So, Hopefully, those data can give you a basic uh, idea on how, what's the space we can really, uh, really improve the, the data pass performance. So that's that's all I want to share. And uh, is there any question? What's the packet size? For which one? For which case? Uh, I guess you didn't say any of. Okay, for this for, for this one for this NF type of uh, performance testing, it's just using 64 bit. Six, 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 yeah, 64. And for for those inter VM for traditional, it's just using using TCP. So in most of the cases, just you were using TSO offloading. So in that case, probably a few uh, tens of uh, kilobytes. You are correctly that the CNN, CNN switch is completely separate from the switch. Your switch is separate from OVS. It's not based on the OVS. Oh, as you can see, that uh, essentially the, the control channel OVS is exactly the same as OVS. Uh, but the database is com completely different. I mean, it's a different package, though. Ah, yes, that's true. Uh, it's not open source yet. So, so since uh, after I deploy it, it looks as though the switch is the upper layer. Yes, yeah, yes. The upper layer API is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. did, did you implement all, you had mentioned like QoS and connection tracking, and so in these numbers, do they, have you implemented those features in CNE? Uh, so excuse me, you mean QoS? Yeah, QoS, QoS and um, like connection tracking, are those enabled currently? Uh, yes, so QoS right now is just uh, ingress uh, uh, shipping and uh, for uh, contract, we support uh, fragment uh, enabled uh, contract.
but the NITA is not supported yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then in the in the performance numbers that you have, um, the the flows that you have are are fairly simple. And so one of the things that we've noticed, like when DBDK gets performance test, a lot of times what they do is they um, basically have two flows, and it becomes very quick to to match those those packets, uh -huh. and then everything can be cached very easily. And it tends to be tends to fall apart as you start having more complicated flows and and um, additional or you know lots of them as well. So have you done any performance testing with um, more complicated flows that are not just forwarding from one port to another and uh, with lots of different types of traffic flowing through simultaneously? Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, we, we didn't do that sophisticated uh, performance test. And um, one thing, uh, yeah, I, I still watch the community working, and uh, there's some, let's say, hushing improvement on, on the uh, cache uh, machine. Uh, we have some different uh, approaches that uh, we have uh, a, much, uh, a much larger cache in terms of the, the, the cache flow. So that would be a little better than the current OS DBDK, I think. Okay. Yeah, it would just be interesting to see the, those numbers. Like I said, that you know, sometimes I feel like when DBDK shows their performance numbers, they show them sort of optimal, yeah. and, which is an interesting data point, but it's not a complete data point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. anything that you had mm. would, be, would be interesting. Mm. And then um, the other question I had was, the, um, how is this available? So is it something, is it proprietary? Did you um, sell it, or how, how is that? That work? Uh, right now it's uh, proprietary and uh, we have some undergoing trials. Yeah. That. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Uh, right, now, yeah, right now it's uh, proprietary. Thank you. Mm. OBS Orbit is edited and produced by Ben Pfaff using Audacity audio editing software and released under the Creative Commons Unported 3.0 license. The intro and bumper music in this episode is excerpted from Electro Deluxe by My Free Mickey and the outro from Girls Like You by Stefan Kartenberg, both under the Creative Commons Attribution Unported 3.0 license. For more episodes of OVS Orbit, visit ovsorbit.org, or for more information about OpenVSwitch, visit openvswitch.org.